Amen. Good morning, church. Grace and peace to you from the Lord Jesus Christ. Welcome to this time of worship at Faith Community United Methodist Church. Good to be with you this morning on this fourth Sunday of Advent. I would ask you and encourage you to find the attendance pads that are in the pews. Fill those out, pass them to others that are worshiping beside you this morning. Uh, we do like having a, a record of your presence here in, in worship with us. There are a few announcements in your bulletin. I would call your attention to those. There's a, an opportunity for doing some caroling around the neighborhood this afternoon. If you're interested in caroling with your church family around this neighborhood, uh, come here at 4 o'clock for that. Uh, an announcement uh, about the, uh, the Men of Faith gathering and uh, also materials out in the narthex uh, that our Stephen Ministry team has prepared for uh, those going through a difficult time at the, during the holiday season. So uh, take a look at those announcements. Uh, just a reminder that, uh, of course, we do have worship on Christmas Eve. That will be in here in the sanctuary. The service beginning at 9 o'clock, but the special music will begin at 8.30. So you want to get here early uh, to get your seat and appreciate all of the special music that has been prepared for this Christmas Eve uh, and then join in the candlelight worship service. So I hope you can can be with us for this Christmas Eve. Uh, we uh, come together uh, to worship our God, and so I invite you into an attitude of worship as the choir uh, presents the music of the introits. Please rise with me for the call to worship. Before the majesty of God, we gather to worship. In quiet expectation, we come to hear God's promises. Before God's strength and power, we bow down. In hesitant anticipation, we listen for God's judgment. This is our Before the mercy of God, we lift our hearts. In humble imagination, we welcome a new visitation. This day, Please join with me, hymn 238, Angels We Have Heard on High.
may be seated. Please join with me in the opening prayer found in your bulletin. Holy God, whose coming to us in Jesus Christ we celebrate with joy and whose mercy is from generation to generation, visit us today to restore our memory of all your goodness to us. Trample our vanities and lift up our crushed and timid spirits so we all can participate fully and equally in the inheritance we have received from your hand. Amen. The prophet Isaiah in 3510 promised, The ransomed of the Lord shall return and come to Zion with singing. Everlasting joy shall be upon their heads. They shall obtain joy and gladness, and sorrow and sighing shall flee away. An angel of the Lord proclaimed to the shepherds in the field, Behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Happiness is fleeting, but not joy. Joy is not based on the circumstances of this world, but comes as a gift from God, a benefit of our salvation in Jesus Christ. With hearts filled with a joy that comes only from God, we light the candle of joy. Let us pray. God of our salvation, in the gift of Jesus Christ, you have redeemed us, turning all of our sorrow into joy. May we always be rejoicing in the peace, hope, and love that you have given us in Jesus Christ. Amen. Our prayer hymn this morning is uh, on an insert in your bulletin. It's God rest you merry gentlemen. Let us sing together in prayer.
Oh, blessed Lord, our Savior, we come before you now seeking those tidings of comfort and joy. May that comfort and joy rain down upon us this morning, Lord. This this world surrounds us and inundates us with bad news. But Lord, you are the author of good news. Such good and gracious news that you are still, Lord, you are still God of all. Creator, redeemer, sustainer. You are our God. You are with us through all trials and troubles. And we give you thanks, Lord, for knowing that we can come to you for shelter, for mercy, for redemption, restoration. Lord, we ask for your forgiveness, for we know that we have not always lived as your people. We have not always answered that high calling you've placed upon us. But Lord, we want to serve you. We want to be your people. And that's why we come before you in worship to receive that grace and that mercy that you always extend to us. Thank you for forgiving us once again, Lord, welcoming us into the presence of your holy people and into your holy presence. It's only because of your grace that we can come before you. Lord, we pray for all of our friends and family who we know that that are going through trials right now, and we ask for a special measure of your grace and mercy upon them. We ask for healing and for peace. We ask for them to receive that same comfort and joy that we ask for ourselves. Lord, bless this church family, that even as we celebrate the joy of Christmas, that we might reach out in love and concern to others so that others might know that comfort and joy that comes only from you. Bless the ministries of this church to do that good and gracious work. We pray all these things in Jesus' name as we offer to you now the prayer that he teaches us to pray together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our sins, as we forgive those who sin against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. The ushers come wait upon us now as we present ourselves to God through the giving of our tithes and offerings.
Join me in the prayer of dedication. God, we bring our gifts to you with cheerfulness and a joyful heart. Grant that with our gifts, we may also offer a ready mind and a willing spirit to show forth in our lives the truth of the gospel. Amen. And I um, please remain standing as you're able. If you already sat down, you can stay seated, I guess. Um, for our gospel lesson, Luke 1, verses 39 through 45. Mary visits Elizabeth. In those days, Mary set out and went with haste to a Judean town in the hill country, where she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the child leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit and exclaimed with a loud cry, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why has this happened to me, that the mother of my Lord comes to me? For as soon as I heard the sound of your greeting, the child in my womb leaped for joy. And blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her by the Lord. The word of God for the people of God.
Thank you, choir. Thank you, Gwen. It's good to have you conducting again. Thank you for your service. So there the Grinch stood on top of Mount Crumpet. He had all of the Who's Christmas packages and Christmas decorations and Christmas food all stuffed into bags, piled high on his sleigh, ready to dump it all over the edge of the mountain. But before dumping everything Christmas, the Grinch paused to hear the sound that he expected to arise from the village of Whoville any moment. The girls and boys would awaken from their slumber to discover that Christmas had not come, that there were no toys to be found, that all had been taken away in the night, and they would cry out in despair. The Grinch was anxious to hear those boo-hoos of the Who's. As he stood there with his ear turned toward Whoville, the Grinch heard something he didn't expect in a million years to hear that morning. He had heard it every Christmas morning of every year that he had passed living on the mountain above Whoville, but he was sure that he wouldn't hear it that year. He was certain he would hear something different that year. After all, he was fully convinced that he had stopped Christmas from coming. He was certain that he had stolen Christmas away from the Who's and that all he would hear from them on this particular morning was their cries of anguish that Christmas had not come. To his astonishment, though, what the Grinch heard on that particular morning was the very same sound that he heard on every Christmas morning before. He heard singing. He heard the voices of the Who's singing praises. He heard joyful voices raised in celebration of Christmas, a Christmas that came despite all of his dastardly attempts to prevent it. No gifts, no lights, no roast beast, no toys, but despite it all, there was a song. And in that song, there was joy, unstoppable Like I said, the Grinch had heard that song every Christmas morning before that one, and he had always despised that song. He despised it because it was a song of joy, and he had no joy in his heart. His heart was closed off to joy. So hearing a village full of who's whom he hated singing of a joy that he didn't possess, well, it was just too much for him to take. As each year went by, his heart was hardened more and more each time he heard that song. But this particular Christmas, something different happened. Each year before, the Grinch could tell himself that the Who's joyful singing was superficial and meaningless, empty praise from those who were happy simply because they were well off and spoiled. He kind of reminds me of the Satan at the beginning of the book of Job. God was bragging on his faithful servant Job, and Satan said that's only because you've given him everything he ever wanted. He's never been in any kind of need. He's never had to suffer in any way. He has all that a man could ask for in this life. Take it all away, and there will be no more praises coming from Job's mouth. The Grinch thought that all he had to do was take away all of that material stuff that the Who's used to celebrate Christmas, and they would have no more reason to celebrate, no more desire to celebrate. The Who's would not have it in them to sing a song of Christmas without all the material trappings that the Grinch thought that they depended upon for their joy. 
But when he stripped that all away, and the Who's sang anyway, when he stole away everything upon which he thought their happiness depended, and they still had joy? That is when the Grinch's heart, which had been hardened over all those years, finally began to soften and to grow. The Grinch's heart grew three sizes that day. There was something in that song of joy. I learned something this week in reading The Heart That Grew Three Sizes, Finding Faith in the Story of the Grinch. That's the book that our Sunday school classes have been using during this season of Advent, and I've drawn from it for the sermons as well. And as I was reading the final chapter of that book this week, I learned something I never knew before. It wasn't something about Christmas or about Christianity or or even about the Grinch. It was about science, physics. Author Matt Rawl points out that String theory posits that everything that exists, all of the matter of the universe, is composed of the vibrations of tiny one-dimensional objects called strings. I never knew that before. I had heard of string theory, of course, and I knew just enough about it to know that it was an attempt to unify quantum physics and astrophysics, but I always assumed it was called string theory because it attempted to string together two different areas of physics that seemed to be at odds with one another. But Matt Rawl said it's called string theory because it actually has to do with reducing all of reality down to the vibrations of tiny strings. I thought to myself, that can't be right. So I looked it up. Turns out it is right. What is significant about that in our context and why Matt Rawl brings it up in his book and why I'm bringing it up in my sermon is because if string theory is true, that would mean that string-like vibrations and therefore sound is the stuff that the entire universe is made of. Anyone who says that there is a vast contradiction between faith and science, that that you have to choose one or the other, doesn't understand either deeply enough. Genesis 1 says over and over again, God said, let there be, and there was. The Bible tells us that God spoke creation into existence. And now, the latest scientific theory tells us that the universe is literally composed of sound. And I'm convinced that that sound, that that sound which is at the heart of the universe, that sound which is at the heart of our very being, is a song. Our faith tells us that you and I are created to sing praise. String theory goes even further, saying that we are literally, physically made out of sound, out of song. As Matt Rawl puts it, we are a part of God's grand orchestra. And that is not a metaphorical statement. No wonder music affects us so deeply. No wonder our very souls can be stirred by the sound of music. Music is the infinite Speaking into our finite being, lifting us beyond our finite selves to the eternal divine song that is the foundation of all creation and at the core of our very being. That all sounds very lofty, I know. Let's get a little bit more concrete. When God's people are moved, what is it that they do? How do they respond? 
They sing. They sing. When God delivered the Hebrew people from bondage in Egypt, leading them across the, the dry ground of the Red Sea, which God had divided in two for the people to cross over, and then he brought the waters back upon the Egyptians who were in hot pursuit, setting God's people free, the first thing they did was to dance and sing. Then the prophet Miriam, Aaron's sister, took a tambourine in her hand, and all the women went out with her with, singing, with dancing. And Miriam sang to them, Sing to the Lord, for he has triumphed gloriously. Horse and rider he has thrown into the sea. Then Moses and the Israelites sang this song to the Lord. I will sing to the Lord, for he has triumphed gloriously. Horse and rider he has thrown into the sea. The Lord is my strength and my might, and he has become my salvation. This is my God, and I will praise him. My Father's God, and I will exalt him. On and on the song goes. And so it goes throughout all the Bible. The entire book of Psalms are songs. Songs which run the gamut of human experience and emotion, but through it all, praise. Praise and joy for a God who is always with us. The scripture that we read today from Luke's gospel comes early in Mary's pregnancy. This is immediately after Mary had been visited by the angel Gabriel, announcing to Mary that she was about to become pregnant and that the child within her would be the Son of God. In that visitation from the angel, Gabriel had also told Mary that her relative Elizabeth, who had been barren and was past childbearing years, was in her sixth month of pregnancy. The child within her was, of course, John the Baptist, who who would be the forerunner of the Christ. And Mary's last words to Gabriel were, Here am I, the servant of the Lord. Let it be with me according to your word. Our passage for today then begins, In those days, Mary set out and went with haste to find her relative Elizabeth. The Bible doesn't say exactly when the conception of Jesus took place. Clearly, when the angel Gabriel had visited Mary, it hadn't happened yet because the angel spoke in future tense. But also as clearly, by the time Mary reached the home of Elizabeth, Mary was with child. The first thing that Elizabeth said to her was, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. Those words of Elizabeth sound like a song. They have become the words of a common prayer. The words are a joyful celebration of the glory of what God is doing through Mary, bringing this child into the world through her. Mary had not yet informed Elizabeth of her good news. She could not have been showing by the time she arrived at Elizabeth's home. She was probably still within her first month of pregnancy, certainly early in the first trimester. There would have been no visible evidence that Mary was with child. But it wasn't visible evidence or the word of Mary that Elizabeth was relying upon. As soon as I heard the sound of your greeting, the child in my womb leaped for joy. That is how Elizabeth knew. Through spiritual revelation and the joyful dancing of her in utero baby, John. There was a song going on. A joyful song. A song of God that was bringing the the Redeemer of creation into the world. Just as that same song had brought creation into existence. 
as soon as Jesus came into John's presence, as soon as Mary's voice reached Elizabeth's ear, John began leaping for joy. He began dancing to that joyous song of creation and redemption. And the very next thing that happens is that Mary begins to sing. Luke tells us, and Mary said, but her words are clearly a song, a song we now know as the Magnificat. My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. For he has looked with favor on the lowliness of his servant. Surely from now on all generations will call me blessed, for the Mighty One has done great things for me. On and on Mary's song goes in praise of the God who is bringing redemption to his creation through the Son being born in her. A God who is defending the oppressed and bringing low their oppressors. Just as the song of Moses went on and on in praise of a God who liberates the slaves and destroys their captors. Just as the song of the faithful goes on and on in praise of a God who is with us through all of our troubles and who defends us against all of our trials and whose promise of justice and mercy is the foundation of our lives. This is the song of creation. This is the song of redemption. This is the song of Christmas. This is the song of joy. A joy that will be for all people. When the shepherds were out in the fields, keeping watch over their flocks by night, Luke tells us, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for see, I am bringing you good news of great joy for all the people. The good news of Christmas is for all people. Joy is for all people, for Christ came for all. The shepherds didn't have much of anything, certainly not any of the things that that people look to in this world for their happiness. Shepherds pretty much lived out in the fields with their sheep. They had no belongings. They were looked down upon as dirty, perhaps even morally questionable. They were sort of the lowest rung in society. Somebody wanting the good life did not aspire to be a shepherd. All of that stuff that the Grinch stole from the Who's, the shepherds never had any of that in the first place. But when Jesus was born into this world, the very first people the angel took the message to were the lowly shepherds. And the news that the angel came to bring to them was joy. Joy for all people. Even for them. Lowly as they were, misunderstood as they were, rejected as they were by decent society, having nothing but each other and their sheep, none of the pleasantries of life and the comforts of this world, none of the trinkets and doodads and wahoozles that make life so exciting, even they would have joy. Because joy is not about getting the good things of this world. Joy is not dependent upon someone else's evaluation of me. Joy is not dependent upon my evaluation of my circumstances. Joy is about knowing that God is with me and God is for me. Joy is about knowing that the God who spoke creation into being and sang my life into existence, that same God still still sings over me 
and within me. When the shepherds received this good news of great joy from the one angel, what's the next thing that happened? Suddenly there was a heavenly host of angels. Host is an old English word meaning a large army. There was a large army of angels singing over the shepherds and praising God. Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace and goodwill among all the peoples. The shepherds were invited into this heavenly angelic song of praise. I believe it's the same heavenly angelic song of praise that the Who's sang on Christmas morning, causing the Grinch's heart to grow three sizes. I mean, the words might have been different. The melody may have changed. But the song remained the same. It was the song of joy. The song of our Savior born into this world. The song that caused John to leap and dance for joy even in his mother's womb. And it's that same song that comes even to us. Even in our times of fear and worry. Even in our times of sorrow. Even when things aren't going our way. Even when the pleasantries of this world are stripped away and we don't understand who did it or why. Still, There can be joy. Still we can dance and sing. Still we can be leaping for joy for we know that our God is with us and our God is for us. Our God has come into this world to redeem all of creation. And He comes to each one of us for our salvation. He is ours, and we are His. That is the song playing from the manger in Bethlehem. That is a song that cannot be stolen from us because this world did not give it to us and this world cannot take it away. It's a song that comes from God Himself. It's a song that that can melt hearts and that can transform Grinches into Christians. May it be so for us. I invite you now as you're able to stand and let's sing together that song of joy. In the hymnals number 246, Joy to the World.
Please be seated. As you go from this place, may the joy that comes only from God be yours this day, this Christmas, and every day to come. In the name of God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you.